Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Chicago movie. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hey, everybody. It's Hal. And Mark. It is Max Fun Drive, the time of the year where you get to support the shows that you love, like ours, by becoming a member and setting up a recurring monthly contribution. And we're going to talk more about that in just a little bit and tell you why it's so great to become a member right now, including not only cool gifts you get for being a member, but special specific goals that you will achieve by supporting this show. Special specific goals with incredible content. We're going to tell you about that in just a little bit. That's right. And you can join now at MaximumFun.org slash join. To become a new upgrading or boosting member, don't forget to check the box that says we got this with Mark and Hal. But for now, let's get on with the show. Hal, here's what we're going to do with this episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it on a poppy seed bun. We're going to put a full pickle on it. Yeah. We're going to drop a couple of tomato slices, some uh, some sport peppers, some neon relish, a little mustard. And we're going to bring Andy Richter on to talk about Chicago movies. Yeah. Oh, now I just want to talk about hot dogs. I know, right? <laughs> and different, di- all the food you can make with an animal's face. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with stews. <laughs> oh, man. Hot dogs is my favorite, though. Oh, yeah. man. The best way to eat lips. <laughs> wrap those lips mm, yeah yeah case them up uh, just chow down <laughs> by the way i i feel like i have to say this this topic was suggested by maybe the perfect person to suggest this topic which is a guy named tommy bobo Oh, Tommy Bobo. Yeah, Tommy Bobo. How Tommy you Bobo. doing, Tommy Bobo? Yeah. All right there, Tommy Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> what about Chicago movies? Yeah. Yeah. What's all this crap about Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter you guys do? Uh, well, thanks for coming back on the show. It's delightful I was happy to have to. you back. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and this is a fun topic because just the list that you guys – because. You know, I have the ones that are in my head and then you guys provided a list of them. And there are ones that like I wasn't like I I didn't remember or wasn't aware that they were even Chicago movies. So it was like a nice walk down Chicago movie memory lane. You know, <laughs> you're a Midwesterner. What's your relationship to Chicago? Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's like what the Scientology on Sunset is. <laughs> To someone who's like in Santa Clarita in the Scientology <laughs> church. Um, it, you know, I grew up about 70 miles west of the city in a very small town. So we would go into the city, but it was very scary and very terrifying because there were so many people and it was hard to park. And, and I'm sure that a bunch of it was, you know, unspoken racism too. That was always, that's like, yeah. that's a, 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 you know, a yummy feature of, of rural life. Um, and, uh, and so it wasn't, a, but it was always there. It was, you know, the baseball and football. And to me, it represented as I got older. And in fact, the movie that I'm going to talk about that you guys missed. Oh, 
was a formative, formative movie for me. I saw it, I think, when I was in college when it came out. I can't remember what year it was. I might look it up. But it made me think, like, because it was a artsy Chicago exciting movie that was great. Mm-hmm. I was like, this can be done, you know, like, and I didn't even know exactly what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I thought like, Hey, the movies are a business. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. There are jobs <laughs> of people in movie making things. So it was very inspirational. And that movie is the movie thief, the James Conn movie thief, Michael Mann directed. Oh, I never saw that movie. That movie is not on my radar. I apologize. It's not on the list. It is a deeply, deeply Chicago movie. And they hired lots of, they, I think they hired a bunch of actual cops to be all the cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. James Conn is a jewel thief that gets pinched. They say that a lot. Like, hey, you're not going to pinch me. You want, you want to pinch me, pinch me. Uh, but all of oh, it was the St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> all of the but all of the cops are the most Chicago kind of <laughs> cops. And they like beat him with a phone book, like all the fun Chicago stuff. Um, the brushiest but, mustaches. Possible. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. And also James Kahn is I mean, he's he uh, I don't he's like one of my movie star heroes, like just like, yeah. you know, and then I got to meet him when I worked on Elf and he's just a f-ing prince. He's everything you would want your Jewish mafia uncle to be. Uh, <laughs> and he's just funny and sweet and like self-effacing and honest. And Amy Sedaris, uh, we, we would every night we were in the bar down in the hotel. We're like on a cruise on the, you know, <laughs> along the Nile, we would go to work and then come back and go to the bar. And Amy used to treat him like a story uh, jukebox. She would just spit out. She'd go like Barbara Streisand. And they'd go like, well, we're making funny girl uh, <laughs> or funny lady. I think he was in fun. Well, we're making funny lady uh, and just would go off. I don't even remember, but he, she would do that with everything. You know, she'd be like Paul Newman and he'd go, Oh man, I saw Paul Newman so fucking drunk or whatever, you know, like it was all this stuff. He came up to us in the bar, in the bar one night. He was, it was very packed. It's like a, it's, I can't remember. Sutton place is the hotel and it's mm-hmm. kind of fancy. And the bar looks like a walnut paneled gentleman's, you know, study kind of place, but it's packed. And he walks over with this, with this woman, this blonde woman, really beautiful blonde woman like in her probably in her fifties and he comes over, he goes, Hey everybody, this is Denise. Apparently in the eighties, we, (laughs) (laughs) and she's just giggling, you know, giggling, giggling, but he's like, I don't remember a lot of that time. So, uh, (laughs) he goes, I believe you. I believe you. But this was great. She said, I left her like the toll booths. (laughs) She's great. Yeah. She said, I pick, I emptied out her mini bar. (laughs) so anyway that's a a, a, you know that's thief yeah it's that's thief check it out everybody (laughs) (laughs) that's it for this episode yeah the winner is thief i'll see (laughs) starring jimmy Khan. but i i do really mark recommend you you watch that because uh it's awesome and it's michael mann i think at his peak yeah Mm. it's like it's like uh heat with half an hour cut out you know, now which is the best version of heat. Yes. Heat is, yeah. it's, you know, but don't get me started on movies are too long. Cause <laughs> <laughs> speaking of long movies, hoop dreams, everybody. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, brilliant. 
Yeah. Should we dive into some of these movies? Uh, they're broken up into categories. We don't necessarily have to like pick one from each, but these are just for uh, conversation's sake. Well, Mark, before mm-hmm. we do that, should yeah. we talk about what it is we're looking for here? Like what makes a great yeah. Chicago movie? Like obviously we, and we did this with New York with, with Doc and Jackson Public mm-hmm. and it wound up being what is the most New York movie? Because you want the city to be an important character in that film where it's sort of unmistakable. There's something unmistakably Chicago about it, right? I would agree with that. Andy? Yeah, I think so too. What may I ask what you guys' connection to Chicago? I don't I, I can't remember. I went to college at DePaul, so I was in okay. Lincoln Park for four years. Right. And this was at the time when on the main stage at Second City, it was during Paradigm Lost and Citizen Gates and that run. So I was going. Who are the people? Because I don't, I don't know the show yeah. so well. Once a week, it was Mick Napier was directing and it was Tina Fey, Rachel Dratch, Scott Adams, oh, yeah, Jenna yeah. Jolovitz, like yeah. just dream team, uh, Kevin yeah, Dorf, yeah. like everyone on there was a, was an all star. Yeah. So I would go there after rehearsals or, you know, the one o'clock improv set. And that was where I first was introduced to improv was at that second city in Chicago. But, you know, I did four years in the city and loved and four formative years because they yeah. were college years. So, yeah, yeah. I really loved Chicago. That's a good place to go through that age, too, because it's challenging, but not scary. You know, yeah. it's like it's a very it's a fun town that has enough danger in it to make it good. Mm-hmm. But it's generally baby proofed, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least at least. And I, you know, I could. At least if you're white, <laughs> yeah. you know, that makes a big, it's not yeah. a joke. It's race, just look, the truth. Yeah, Race comes true. up a lot on this list of movies. And yep. in fact, the first class I ever took at DePaul was uh, our introduction to Chicago class. And it was all about the sociology of different neighborhoods and how Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in the country. Yes, by that design. Was my introduction yeah. To yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. How I've been there and performed there a bunch. I didn't spend extended periods of time, but over the years, I mean, I've been there several times and visited different parts of the city. And what always struck me about Chicago is being somebody from Philadelphia, that it had a little Philly in it and a little New York in it. It was felt more accessible in the way that Philadelphia is compared to New York, which always feels overwhelming. It just Mm -hmm. feels like you're being towered over by all these buildings all the time. Chicago, there's like a little more room. I love Wrigley, like in the middle of the city. Like just there's so much about it that I enjoy every time I go there that it has a unique personality in a way that a lot of cities, frankly, don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And part of that comes from the architecture, but a major part of it comes from the people and just sort of the culture of the city and the fact that you have it segregated like that. And yet everybody still rallies around the fact that they're Chicagoans. Yeah, so there is an identity to that. Yep. A lot of the identity, too, is that whole second city notion, you know, being perennially the silver medalist to New York, which I think is that do you guys have you ever heard the story about the building that looks like a chair downtown? There's a building downtown in New Chicago. York. In, no, or, in, oh, in, oh, Chicago. in Chicago. Yeah, I know which one you mean. Yeah. The building that looks like a chair in downtown Chicago is deliberately the chair is facing away from. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> so the chair has its back to New York. Yeah, which I yeah. Think is, uh, which I think it's delightfully Chicago. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, I, you know, I did. I did. Uh, I I did a movie in New Zealand, and one of the drivers was this young woman from Australia, and she would talk about the rivalry between Australia and New Zealand to us. And then we asked one other young Kiwi driver, like, "Is there?" And she's like. Or no, we asked an Aussie that was driving and she said, uh, she's like, 
as far as I'm concerned, I, I'm not aware of a rivalry. Only the only New Zealand is aware of yeah. Australia, you know. And I kind of feel that way about Chicago. Nobody was really – I didn't feel like we were in reaction to that. I remember John Belushi said Chicago's different from New York or L.A. because people at, in New York or L.A. are trying to get to the other place, whereas people in Chicago are generally happy to be where they are. And I think yeah. that there's some truth to that. I also think that there's just a general don't give a f- You know, like there's yeah. like – you know, like society, whatever, you know, cause the, you know, like the big money in Chicago is from dirty thing, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean lawless. I mean, like mm-hmm. it was like, you know, the town was a huge stockyard forever, you know, yeah. it was like, it, it's been, it's, and it, and it was horribly, horribly corrupt. And like the, the murder cat, like the Beirut of the twenties, you know, just so yeah. many murders and so many, like, just, there's a great book called Murder City by the guy that did Wisconsin Death Trip. I can't remember his name off the hand right now, but it's a photo book with just stories of time of like just, uh, just a cross section of all the different ways that people were horribly murdered in Chicago. And it was just an epidemic. And I just think that you go through that. And you're just like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, what, you're rich? You, you know, yeah, you know, you're fancy, whatever. Good luck moving any of your goods around with our without our Pullman. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. 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 And that way, it's very, very similar to Philadelphia because we, yeah, we literally grew up in the shadow. We're always in the shadow of New York. Yeah. Always close enough. So nothing we do will ever be big enough compared to them. We don't even have the luxury of that distance. And so there is also that insular. There's a lot of like born here, live here, die here. You live in Philadelphia. You maybe get out and go somewhere else, but generally you stay where you are and you're proud to be there and you don't care about anybody else. Yeah. That's why we embrace sports heroes that say no one likes us. We don't care. Like that becomes our, yeah. That that's what we put on t-shirts everywhere. So it's a very similar attitude that makes me feel more at home in chicago yeah than there be any other city in the u.s it's not very healthy though it's terrible it's, <laughs> oh the food's so good though <laughs> no no i didn't mean that i meant the attitude of like oh, oh you yeah. don't like oh, me i, thought you meant I chicago don't care wasn't no, no 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 <laughs> yeah well chicago's attitude isn't very healthy either because it's very similar to that kind of thing but yeah, yeah. and chicago oh chicago is is just live in LA and then I go back and it's like order one entree and it's like, uh, did we order family style? Is this yeah. for four people? <laughs> Every no, restaurant no. in Chicago is Buca de Beppo, regardless yeah. of what restaurant. Jesus, you're at. yeah. Well, this feels like a perfect time then, I think, to jump into our first section of Chicago movies, and that is Chicago Living. Talking about the city, these are the movies that are designed or at least have uh some aspirations toward giving you a sense of what the city of Chicago and its people really are like. And the movies on this list, in no particular order, except it's the order I wrote them down in, uh, <laughs> Drinking Buddies, uh, which is a more recent one, About Last Night, Return to Me, The Big Sick, High Fidelity, and the entire series of barbershop movies. Are there any that jump out on this list that you want to talk about first? Um, well, the one that was, I mean, because it was a big deal, and I was there for it was about last night was a really yeah. that was that was like a pretty huge movie. And everybody that was in it was super hot at the time. Yeah. And it was kind of dirty, too. You know, it was like, I mean, dirty. It was, you know, racy and sexy. Mm-hmm. And it did sort of 
feel to me like what a like a what kind of a yuppie existence in Chicago was at that time. Yeah. And I think that it's set is that based on a David Mamet play? It is. It's yeah, David yeah. Mamet's sexual perversity in Chicago. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. gives it, I think, a huge Chicago pedigree that the yes. greatest Chicago playwright yes. is that wrote, you know, turned his play into a screenplay. And also Jim Belushi in that movie is maybe the most Chicago character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of all the characters on this list. He couldn't do Jim Belushi for two years after that movie. Yeah. It's used up all his Jim Belushi. He was, he'd run out. <laughs> just just a misogynist re- in a suit. Yeah. His, his, his glands had to recharge. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that one. And high fidelity also struck a nerve with me uh, as like, as me relating to the kind of artsy kids and they're kind of, you know, like bears fans mingling with kids that look like Robert Smith from the cure, yeah. you know, and, and hanging out together. And, and that, cause that was, I mean, that was my young adulthood. There was guys in Blackhawks jerseys sitting on my couch next to somebody with black lipstick, you know what I mean? And not, and it wasn't like a bumpy transition real, you know, it was like, it was all kind. And that's what high fidelity felt like to me. I just watched high fidelity again last night because it had been a long time since I'd seen it. And boy, I forgot how great just structurally that movie is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that, is that movie necessarily the most Chicago movie? I don't think so because it's a transplant from London. The novel takes place in London. Right. The movie takes place in Chicago. So it's not really iconically Chicago. Yeah. But I think everything about that movie is great. Yeah. The structure with the everything relating back to mixtapes. It's also, I think, the first real Jack Black movie. Yeah. Where Jack Absolutely. Black got to play, got to do his thing and just unbridled Jack Black. Yeah. John Cusack's great in it. Everything about that movie. It's the cast is more Chicago than the movie is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even down to having Tallarico in a small part in it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, I mean, and that was, that's another fun thing about Chicago movies is, you know, you get to see as a kid for me, it's like, oh, it's the lady from the Empire carpet commercial, you know, or, <laughs> or that, yeah. you know, that sort of thing when they hire local actors yeah. or that guy that played the dad on Frasier, like he was a John Mahoney. Yeah. He was a, he was a, just a Chicago actor for the longest time. And he used to see him like his plumbers and, shit, you know, mm-hmm. and then he became, <laughs> you know, a big deal actor. And that movie too, that movie also is an example of something. Where, like you said it, this is London. We're going to bring it to the States. What city do we put it in? Well, these people, we kind of have to, we kind of have to buy in the fact that they're sort of aimless losers. Yeah. If they were in New York or Los Angeles, we would expect them to be there for like a reason that would be some sort of like engine to improve themselves. Now put them in Chicago because you could, you know, you, you, you drop a seed, it'll grow in Chicago, and then it'll just be like this, you know, s- ugly flower. Uh, that's kind of like what they treat. I think a lot of these movies, you know, I, like about last night could have happened in New York, but it would have mm-hmm. been a totally different movie because these are, you know, Chicago is its own kind of fishbowl, I think. And so it doesn't people don't question like why there aren't bigger stakes in Chicago movies, I think. You know, yeah. interesting. I never thought of them as having lower stakes. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. He's, there's no sense of John Cusack's character, like trying to, he's not trying to be a music producer or be Mm-mm. an artist. He just appreciates music. Yeah. His he likes his record store. Around the relationships yep. he has. 
and the record store. And he's obviously been putting one above the other. And it does have like some nice neighborhood moments to it, but it could be, I think it maybe captures the spirit of Chicago in a few ways, but I don't think people would know necessarily like you, you're not going to go do like the walking tour of yes. Of High right, right, right. I don't know. A walking tour of high fidelity would be amazing because it would just be all <laughs> underground Chicago music venues. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just random, you know, apartment buildings right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they had that one scene on the living room. <laughs> you mentioned great casts and there's another one on this particular list. I am particularly partial to this movie. I don't know if or how many times you guys have seen this, but that is uh, Bonnie Hunt's 2000 classic rom-com Return to Me, which has one of the best supporting casts of any movie I've ever seen. Have you guys seen this movie? I have not seen it. I it will is, look at it, though. It's it's a very rom-com premise. Mini Driver now has the transplanted heart of David Duchovny's late wife and David Duchovny falls in love with her and because he has <laughs> because she has his wife's heart. But and you can hear the heart talk is yeah, that yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Bruce yeah, Willis yeah. does the voice of the heart. <laughs> Kiss him. <laughs> but it also it also features one of the best guest or best uh, supporting cast I've ever seen because she works in a family restaurant and there are so many scenes that are just sitting around the family restaurant's back room table. Marianne Muller-Laley plays the waitress in the restaurant. Sitting around the table are Carol O'Connor, Robert Loggia, Eddie Jones, oh Ryan. Ha- like it is, it is a bonkers cast of grizzled old Chicago dudes just wow. talking about the world. And if the whole movie was just those scenes, I mean, I love the movie. It's an A. It'd be an A plus if the movie was just Carol O'Connor and Robert Loggia, old man grumping at each other in a yeah. old Italian Chicago restaurant on the north side. I put it in there because of I love Bonnie Hunt. I think she is synonymous with Chicago. Jim Belushi, also a big Chicago guy. He is also he used that last little bit of his Jim Belushiness uh, that he had left over <laughs> from about last night in this movie. So I wanted to shout it out. Uh, Drinking Buddies, another sort of neo about last night, Mumblecore starring Jake Johnson and Olivia Wilde. Uh, another really good working in a Chicago brewery. Uh, what do you guys think coming out of this list? I also, we also got Barbershop. I love Barbershop. I think yeah. Barbershop is a really, really good movie that also has a fantastic cast. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. So I that one didn't even occur to me as a Chicago movie. And I don't know if that's because of my faulty memory of it or, you know, or vague memory of it or because is it super Chicago-y? It's, I think it's trying to capture that, the idea of like the, of a specific sort of neighborhood feel yeah. to, to Chicago. It's less about, again, it all takes place kind of in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's all in the so one location. The first the movie is well, most of it, a well, day in the well, barbershop. You do have Anthony Anderson oh, wow. stealing, the stealing ATM an ATM and, and running around into it in his home. So oh, it's a little God. bit different outside of it, but it's all generally in the same. It's th- this neighborhood and what yeah. the barbershop means to this neighborhood uh, for a place for people to go. That said, it could potentially have happened in other places and would have worked as yeah. well. It could be a New York movie, but then it also would, I think, carry with it. Like you said, Andy, that idea of like, yeah, I'm running this barbershop. But what I really want to do is write plays on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. I don't know um, that it's the most Chicago movie. Yeah, I think I I mean I think I'd say about last night. Yeah. Yep. That would be my vote. But I you know I mean it's Mammoth, it's Belushi. 
Yeah. It's Chicago. Yeah. It's distinctly Chicago. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anything else we want to take from that list? No, I, the big sick is a fantastic movie, but I, I did not realize until I saw it on this list that it was, that it was set in Chicago. Yeah. Same. I, I mean, I realize I remember being aware of it, but I, it didn't pop in my head. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's a great movie about a, a stand up in the city. But yeah. It yeah. could be New York. It could be Pittsburgh. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a quick break right now and then we will dig deeper into the canon of Chicago films and eventually. We will pick the best one. That's a surprise to you, the listener. I know. Yeah. We'll be back. This is my favorite time of year. I love Max Fun Drive. And if this is the first Max Fun Drive for you, first of all, welcome. Second of all, let me explain what it is. Max Fun, the shows and the network are listener supported. We have ads, but that's a very small amount of what makes our show happen. The vast majority of it is direct support from listeners like you who get a membership, create a monthly recurring contribution. We have so many people who have supported us over the years and continue to support us. And we thank you so much for that. And this is the one time of year that we put a ton of energy into letting you know how you can support We Got This with Mark and Hal as a member. That's right. So to all of those who are already members supporting We Got This, thank you. And to those who have not, will you please join us as a member? Now, there are a lot of different ways to do it. You can join if you've never been a member before. You can upgrade, which is moving one complete level from $5 a month to $10 a month. Or you can boost. If you can't really make it between levels, that's okay. Just contribute what you can. It's all appreciated and it all makes a huge difference. And if you already have a membership and you're able to do it and there's somebody that you know of who maybe can't right now, you can actually gift a membership for a friend or for an anonymous Max Funster who has signed up to have a membership gifted to them. All memberships at $5 a month or more get bonus content across all the shows on the network going back so you can hear all of our old bonus content and our new bonus content. And we have a great episode this year. We did a live show for the London Podcast Festival in the fall of 2021 with special guest Paget Brewster, one of our bestest friends who we love so much having her on the show. And that was only available to people who attended the festival. We have kept that off of the feed and now it is available just for MaxFun members at $5 per month or higher. And here's the best part. If you buy a gift membership for someone, that recipient gets that bonus content. So you're getting it for your membership, and then they're getting it as someone who has had a membership gifted to them. That's right. And on top of the bonus content for the people of the world, we have also set up some goals for our membership. We would love to get a whole bunch of new upgrading and boosting members. So we've set a few goals along the way, and we've got some fun treats set up. If we get 100 new upgrading or boosting members, we'll release an extra special crossover episode with guest Janet Varney of the JV Club. We JV this club where we tackle the topic of best high school movie. If we get 250 new upgrading or boosting members, we will have the We Got This mystery guest episode. That's right. Hal and I will not know who the guest is when the episode begins. Our producer is going to surprise us. We won't know who it is. Even as we're recording the episode, should be a lot of fun. I don't know if a Max Fun podcast has ever done that, but we're going to do it. If we reach 350 New upgrading or boosting members. You've asked for it and we're going to deliver. It's the We Got This with Mark and Hal People of the World Trivia Challenge. You think you can beat us at trivia? Let's find out. 350 new. You know, you think they can, Hal? I know they can. 
I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. If we reach 350 new upgrading or boosting members, if we reach 450 new upgrading or boosting members, how? I'm just going to say three words, hot slate challenge. So grab a cold glass of milk because you're going to need it that day, my friend. My mouth is quaking in its boots. You can become <laughs> a member. You can upgrade your membership, boost or gift a membership by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. And to make sure that this show benefits directly from your contribution, when you are asked what shows you listen to, be sure to check the box for We Got This with Mark and Hal. That is how we benefit from your membership. Thank you. Let's get back to the show. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Are we back? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. Oh, guys, we're back. What's all that white stuff on your lip, Mark? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Great. We're going to hear all those business ideas now. You guys, we should start a band. (laughs) Sure, Mark. We'll start. What about a T-shirt that has a picture of a T-shirt on it? (laughs) I do own a T-shirt with a picture of a T-shirt on it. That I bought specifically because, because it was a t-shirt it was, with a picture of a yeah, t-shirt on it. Why not? Yeah. I used to have a baseball cap that I bought at LAX that just said Los Angeles on it. And I was just like, <laughs> man, Los Angeles needs the help. I better wear this hat around so people get the word out yes, about sure. Los Angeles. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. What does that say on your hat? Los that Angeles? Fashion, yes. A uh, fashion brand? No, no. It's a city. A city (laughs) in Spain. (laughs) Let's move on now from real life Chicago life to a more stylized version of Chicago. These are movies that feature not exactly the city as real people that live in it feel, but the city as cinema would have you think it is. And the ones on this list are the Blues Brothers, Chirac. Chicago. Oh, skip over Blues Brothers 2000 like that, Mark? You don't want to talk about it? <laughs> I was going to add it at the end. We don't have to. We can eliminate it right now if you want. Oh, fine. Wow. The Blues Brothers original. The Blues Brothers Extra Crispy 2000. <laughs> Chirac, Chicago, Adventures in Babysitting, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. What jumps All out right. on this? Well, I think the biggest movie out of there is Blues Brothers. I mean, because yeah. that, you know, that was a wildly popular movie. Of yeah. course. Such a gigantically popular movie. And did having been in Chicago while it was being, while it was being produced, it was, there was awareness that like they're making this big movie and, you know, on the news seeing soldiers rappelling down city hall, you know, like just like on the evening news. And no stuff. kidding. So the yeah. local news, when you were growing up, you, you watched them make the absolutely. Blues Brothers? And they, and when all that, like the car crashes out on the highway with all those cop cars, like I specifically remember watching a local news segment where they looked off camera at all the backup smashed cop cars. Like how many, like they had, I guess, and I, I didn't know this from the, but they had basically a body shop for a while just running around the clock because they crashed so many cars in that movie. And it is, I mean, and it's a very unique movie and really deeply, deeply entertaining in so many different ways. And really deeply Chicago. Yeah. These guys were obsessed with promoting the music and that Chicago sound. Like even down to the scenes in the street, we're listening to street musicians play. Yeah. Not actual street musicians, but in the scene they are. uh, I think there are probably some actual street musicians in the movie, but I think there was like, 
Wasn't there like a Miles Davis in that uh, local street band out there? There was somebody huge in there. Mostly, oh, John like, Lee Hooker. John, John Lee Hooker. Hooker. It was John Lee Hooker sitting, sitting out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, I mean, it's an amalgam of things. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, because Chicago blues is Chicago blues. And a lot of, you know, and the music they were doing was just, it's it just rhythm and blues. Like, they should have yeah. been the Soul Brothers, really, more than the Blues Brothers. They were the Blues Brothers, but Soul Men. Yeah, but it's like... You know, that that's what a big movie's gonna do. It's gonna like get kind of and also two white guys, one from Canada, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna be like, we're gonna bring what is essentially African American, you know, like musical culture to the masses, which they did in a big way because yeah. I listened probably eighty percent of the time I listened to old soul music, and the first place I really became aware of old soul music and with any kind of depth was completely because of Blues Brothers. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with Chicago blues and stuff, but I remember the eight track of the best of Sam and Dave being pushed into the, and I went out the next day and bought the best of Sam and Dave, and it's one of the f-ing best albums. Or Sam and Dave's greatest hits or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, you know, and I'm, and that opened my whole mind to Al Green and, you know, all kinds of different people. Well, and, they also, uh, they also did this thing on their, I don't know if it was in the movie, in the concert scene in the movie, uh, but I know on Briefcase Full of Blues, they introduce every song with who either wrote it or originally performed it. Yeah. Right? They're like, here's a tune from this person. So yeah, like yeah. they didn't trim out the Twitter handle before reposting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I think that was, uh, that was very much, I think Dan Aykroyd is like really super, like considers himself a musicologist. And mm-hmm. so he, I think that it's, he probably, I, I don't see John Belushi giving a shit one way or the other, <laughs> yeah. but I can see Aykroyd being very insistent that they, you know, give credit to Magic Slim, you know, as, you know, as, you know, just a, and I bet it's, you know, it probably, if you find yourself in the position where just for fun, you're doing warm up on SNL with these characters and singing the old blues and rhythm and blues songs that you like to sing. And then it becomes a thing. I bet you feel a little sheepish. You know, yeah. like, like being, oh, I'm so sorry, you guys. Yeah, We're- be it, yeah, <laughs> being like, you know, Dan Backbacon Aykroyd from, you know, from <laughs> Canada. But yeah, I, I, I mean, looking at that list, I think that for me is just the winner. I mean, um, I haven't seen Chirac. I've seen all the other ones, but that one to, I, I don't know. Like I say, it could just be the imprinting that it had on me. Yeah. You know? So but I it- think it's so iconically Chicago. Sweet Home Chicago is one of their songs. Yeah. Again, when I first got to college and I was having this Chicago class, the big opening welcome to DePaul University thing was a night where they showed the Blues Brothers. It yeah. was a, that was our welcome to Chicago night. And yeah. I think a couple of the ones on this list, Chicago and uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom specifically are weirdly that it is a best picture winner called Chicago. And we're trying to pick the best Chicago movie. That movie right. has very little to do, I think, with Chicago. Well, actually, that movie has more to do with Broadway. Yeah, but the story it's based on is actually in that book that I spoke about before called Murder oh, yeah? City. That, and that, that, you know, they kind of do follow like th- this real story that was just, you know, young woman casually murdered somebody, <laughs> you know, just, uh, so it was in that time. It was like of that time, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like. I mean, if you don't know about how violent Chicago was at that time, it could have been New York. It could have yeah. been Detroit. It could have been, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. So f- you, Chicago, yeah. the movie. <laughs> that. Take yep. that, amazing musical. <laughs> Blues Brothers is definitely inextricably Chicago. Like, Chicago is yeah. a whole character in that movie. I also think it is, I mean, I don't know if it, I don't think it beats Blues Brothers, but yeah. I think it, it's really good as Adventures in Babysitting, where they take an adventure through the city. Yeah. So they, they do mm-hmm. sort of tour you around. And you have Vincent D'Onofrio, you have a future kingpin playing Thor. Vincent D'Onofrio as Thor <laughs> at the end <laughs> is amazing. He's right Though, there. Watching that again, it doesn't, it feels like it could be a tour aside from her, uh, you know, sliding down the, that sort of diamond shaped building in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It does feel less Chicago than big city. The yeah. other reason that baby's day out is not on this list of stylized Chicago, the which baby doesn't go to Giordano's to get because, a dish. Well, that, yeah, because like it, it's like a day in the city. You know what I mean? Yeah. Adventures in Babysitting could have been any city. Well, there goes my winner. I thought it was going to be Baby's Day Out. Guys, Baby's Day Out, if you have not seen <laughs> Baby's Day Out, is the absolute best work Joe Mantegna ever did. <laughs> Baby's Day Out is pretty it's hilarious. Fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. pretty hilarious, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not always for the right reasons, but, you know, you get sure. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when that when he's trying to hide that he has a baby on a park bench <laughs> Underneath a blanket, and then the baby finds a lighter in his pocket, and the baby's just kind of digging around, and then the baby lights Joe Mantegna's uh, genitals on fire at the exact moment that a cop walks up and he has to pretend that nothing is wrong. It is comedy gold. Do you know the baby got that in one take? It was a one-take baby. That baby was incredible. What's under that blanket? A yeah. baby with a lighter. <laughs> right by my dick. <laughs> uh, and I also want to, uh, I do want to, uh, in the stylized Chicago, this is more of a stylized movie and a stylized look at gang warfare, but Chirac yeah. paints a picture of Chicago. That movie, I think, is very, very cool. It's very, I mean, it's in verse. Aristophanes has a writer credit on it mm-hmm. because it is Lysistrata. But it also, uh, it, it's a longer discussion, I realize, but it does tend to take one very serious issue and uh, highlight it front and center at the expense of other very serious issues that it could also put out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah, is- I, I haven't seen that one. Then that's why I was thinking like, well, that also too is like, like that's where when you say like wait which one is the most Chicago I you know I think like oh the happy one and it's like mm-hmm. yeah but that's not the full story yeah. on Chicago and that's certainly not everyone's story on Chicago so Chirac I would like I gotta abs- yeah. uh, you know I gotta abstain from that one yeah uh, you know it's a it's it's definitely worth a watch and it, I'll, it does I'll check it, it out points out it points out uh, some really like it's called Chirac more people died in Chicago in a ten uh, year period than died in Afghanistan yeah. and Iraq it's yeah. yeah. It's an intense movie, but I think it does in the interest of really shining a light on gun violence. It tends to really dumb down male female relationships. Yeah. Which the play Lysistrata does is thousands of years old, obviously. But uh, as far as the Chicago-ness of it, it's Spike Lee. So it's colorful. It's like these neighborhoods that he creates are very colorful neighborhoods, but it's more, it's not about Chicago in yeah, that way. But it is the only one on the list that is yeah. here is a stylized version of the worst of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not the same as when he does a film that takes place in New York. Yeah. Right. Which he is like, a New York is, guy. Yeah. Right, right. Here's what it's like. He's taking it and smartly taking that story and setting it somewhere that it fits. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's 
if we want to talk about an experience that's different than the three of us, we should probably talk about Cooley High. Yeah. Which was labeled the Black American Graffiti. Which yes. You can definitely see the parallels and that it's set in the early 60s, 64 versus 62. The soundtrack is really Perfect. important to it. And it also yeah. is kind of a slice of life, but from a completely different point of view in terms of how it plays out, making it a drama instead of a comedy. Yeah. We love that. I mean, we that was a big we loved that movie when we were kids. I haven't seen it in a million years, but yeah. uh, like me and my friends watch that movie. It's funny. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. funny, funny stuff in it. It's really funny. And then you stop and you go, oh, these are just high school kids having hijinks. And you're like, no, no, no. These guys are robbing hookers. Like they're doing <laughs> yes. some pretty terrible stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I think that movie as a, well, we're moving on now out of stylized Chicago. Now let's jump into, since we started talking about Cooley High, there are three great classic movies set on the North Side's housing project, Cabrini Green, which is no longer around, but there are three classic movies set there. Cooley High being one, Candyman and Hoop Dreams all are connected to Cabrini Green. But let's stick on Cooley High for a minute. That if we want a most Chicago movie, that's got to be up there because I think it's so. just. Gorgeous 1975 footage of them ditching class, hopping on the L and going to Lincoln Park Zoo. Like it is. It's really, really Chicago-y. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that specific. It's the black experience in Chicago. Yeah. Which is the bulk of the city. It also has Garrett Morris in 1975 playing the cool teacher. Yeah. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs or Lawrence Jacob uh, Hilton, the Freddie Boom Boom Washington, like before, I think it was like a year mm-hmm. before Welcome Back Cotter. I think Cotter, Welcome Back Cotter was maybe 76 and this was 75. I never, I don't remember so Welcome Back younger. Cotter. Which one was he? he was, was he Cochise or, uh, or no, 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 no. I mean, in, uh, in, he's the Cooley. basketball player. He's the basketball star. He's the basketball player. He's Cochise. Cochise. Yes. Yeah. So it's the story of Cochise and Preach are the two main guys. Mm-hmm. Preach who, Ends the movie with an amazing monologue, a beautiful long monologue at the end of the movie. Same actor who in the middle of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, he played Toledo in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, has that amazing soliloquy in the middle of that. So it's like if you have a great monologue and a movie about Chicago, you just hire that guy. (laughs) That's what he does. He just does monologue. He should just I want to go see him at the Goodman do Chicago logs. That's what all I want to see. <laughs> I will go Chicago watch logs. that show in Chicago Logs. Yeah. That sounds like uh, some kind of roll of mozzarella and sausage. <laughs> oh, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago Logs. Log. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you want the th- stuffed version? Yeah. And dip it in beef juice or marinara. <laughs> I always do my beef juice here. on the side with a uh, with a <laughs> Chicago sandwich. The holidays are here. The dip, yeah. By the way, you know there's a Portillo's in Buena Park, right? I do know that. I love I that. I do know place. that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good. It's really good. I, yeah, I, uh, I used to, whenever we'd go down to Disneyland, I'd try to talk everybody into it, uh, my family and no, no, no one was like, (laughs) come on guys, let's go get some bread soaked in salty meat juice. (laughs) Nobody seemed to be into it as much as me, you know? Yeah. Not great for driving. They have a drive through, but you're eating a wet sandwich. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I know you're tired of walking around all day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. The sloppiest sandwich on earth. Here in the back seat, you can have a hot dog with 17 things on it. Uh, all right. And then what about our other uh, Cabrini Green movies? We've got Candyman and Hoop Dreams. Very different movies from the 90s. Candyman is uh, very Chicago-y, a very specific, mm-hmm. you know, the bleakness of 
uh, Cabrini Green, and you know, yeah. from having even when it was occupied, sometimes there were times it just seemed like a ghost town. You know, like when I would I drive through that area, you know, when I was working, usually uh, working as a production assistant, driving around town, uh, there was you know it was sort of a, there was a cut through through there, which also was like not recommended. You know, like I as a mm. white person, it was it's just it's weird, it's just crazy that like literally you know a good golf drive away was Second City. And, you know, and, and Cabrini Green is just like this desolate high rise warehouse of people. And, it, you know, the, I would say I, I would tell people that I drove through there. And I think there was also a place that I used to get lunch at and people would be like, what are you doing? Like, you shouldn't and I'm like it's the middle of the day, you know, whatever. But yeah. that was Chicago. I one time I was driving back real early, uh, like three o'clock in the morning after rapping on a commercial, I was driving a, a truck and stopped at a red light on the west side of chicago and a police car pulls up to me goes the burp, burp, and uh i look and roll down my window and it's winter freezing cold he goes what the f- are you doing i said i'm waiting for, <laughs> i said i'm waiting for the red light and he went go 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 like oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right then thank what? you officer what is happening yeah. Wow. yeah what are you doing what the f- are you doing <laughs> waiting at the red light sir but anyway, you know, yes. Candyman's gonna get you. Go. <laughs> By the way, did you see but, me in about last night? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, Candyman is also too has the benefit of being a fucking fantastic movie. Yeah, it's a, a cool, really, cool really fantastic movie. Really creepy, really atmospheric. Yeah, and and like I say, I I never forgot that that movie was about Chicago while while watching it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Was it another one that had other Chicago? Did it have famously Chicago folks in it? I'm looking right now to see if there were any. I not that I yeah not that I can remember. All right, it's funny something across my mind. This is a side note. I I don't remember who I had this conversation with, but we somebody years ago we decided that Dennis Farina is Chicago and (laughs) Danny Aiello is New York. (laughs) <laughs> and that they always are those things, no matter what movie they're in, no matter yeah. where they are. Dennis Farina is Chicago. And then the movies, we, we decided to, then the movies become a little more of a Chicago movie, uh, regardless of where they're set. Yeah. And then yeah. Danny Aiello makes a movie a little bit new, more New York. You know? <laughs> it could be on the prairie in yes. 1821. Yeah. Could be a when Dennis Farina pops out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, ah, how you doing? Are you from Highland <laughs> Park? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You see the big gate with the 23 on it? (laughs) We got to brand all these cattle. (laughs) Let's talk about hoop dreams a little. I went to a a hippie dippy Quaker school Mm -hmm. in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And there were three movies that the entire school was taken out of class to go see. We would walk through Jenkintown to the Merlin Theater. Mm -hmm. We saw Dances with Wolves was one. Schindler's List was the other, and then the third was Hoop Dreams. Wow. It was an important enough film that we were taken out of school to go It's through. long, too, isn't it? Three it's hours, really yeah. really long, yeah. but it is one of the most captivating, you know, and we're talking about two movies previously that have portrayed Cabrini Green. Yeah. And shown what it was like in a dramatized way, mm-hmm. but then you have Hoop Dreams, which actually shows two people who have essentially their one ticket out, and their struggle to make it and what that's like, and it's I think it's one of the best documentaries ever made. And I feel like it, it got robbed th- th- that year at the Oscars. I remember 
And I think because of that, it doesn't get talked about as much as it should. Yeah. It's, it's an outstanding movie and really gives you a look into that world and that neighborhood and the people in it and what life is like. Well, now we'd look like assholes if we didn't pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right. Yeah. Okay. That one went. Well, I mean, it is a documentary, so it does kind of, you know, yes, makes yeah, it easier. To, yeah. yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's a really, really captivating movie. And also not just, you know, it's also like one of those movies that you, it's a captivating subject, well recorded, but also the movie is, is well made in a very non showy sort of way. Like the, mm-hmm. you know, like the movie is, fantastically edited and fantastically put together, but not in any way that makes you think about the movie. You know, you're thinking about these kids, the subjects. Yeah. 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 And also, I mean, look, you can't talk about Chicago in the early nineties without talking about basketball. And this is basketball and this is basketball in the home base of basketball at the time that it was the home base of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's uh so I think Hoop Dreams definitely comes out of this. Uh, I'd say we take Hoop Dreams and Cooley High. I'd say so, too. I, I think Cooley High, just for that footage of that sweet, sweet L footage, when it was white on top and green on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And dirty and like, oh, yeah. Spray painted all over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. All right. We're going to take our second break. And then when we come back, we got two more categories that we want to talk about. Macho Chicago and Growing Up in Chicago. And we'll talk about those in just a minute. One of the amazing things about Max Fun Drive is that it's not just about people who listen to the show supporting us by becoming members, but it's about us as hosts and as creators of these shows getting a better and deeper understanding of what it is that our show provides to people who listen to it. I have some feedback from an audience member. And I just want to read it. It says, what I love best about We Got This is the community that has been created from this wonderful podcast. The WGT page on Facebook is probably one of the only places on the Internet where people can have a respectful debate. Yes, some people are willing to die on the hill of best Pop-Tart flavor. It's s'mores, by the way. But I love seeing the passion that people have for what are essentially mundane topics. It's nice to know that whenever I'm having an off day, I can usually find a bit of levity within the WGT community. So for that, I'm truly grateful. Thanks for providing a show that both delights and enrages me. Here's hoping we'll get to hang out at Disneyland again. Shelly got a friend. Shelly, this is exactly what our goal is with We Got This, is to provide not only fun debates that you've had with your friends, but to provide a safe place and a community of people who come in knowing that at the end of the day, it's all for fun. And when we have disagreements, that it's not that serious. And that just doesn't exist in a lot of places on the internet. So it's very reaffirming to hear that from someone who I know has been listening for a really long time. I cannot agree more, Shelly. Thank you. And yeah, it's the world that we have tried to curate and it would not exist if it wasn't for the people of the world, the community that listens to We Got This. So to that community, thank you. And to those who would like to become new or upgrading or boosting members of that community, you can join us during the Max Fun Drive 2022. And if you do... We have some pretty great gifts lined up for you. If you join at the $5 per month level, that makes you a max fun high fiver. And you're going to get maybe the greatest, uh, definitely the most popular thank you gift. And that is immediate access to over 350 hours of bonus content from all of the max fun shows. It is a smorgasbord of max fun treats, whatever you're into. We've got it for you. That's at the $5 level. If you join at the $10 level, 
You'll become a friend of the family and you will get, of course, the bonus content, but you will also receive a letterpress max fund membership card. Feel free to flash that anywhere that being awesome and fancy will get you through doors. And you also will get one of 35 embroidered patches from the assorted max fund shows. I don't want to tell you which one to get, but the we got this with Mark and Hal patch is pretty fantastic this year and is definitely a head turner. I will say no more. Uh, no, I will say more. Oh, it is say a more. Picture of a strawberry. And in the classic style of the Cinepot Peep, it says this is not a berry from our classic best berry episode, which you can listen to in our feed. That's right. It's there in the feed, as they say. Because you're Magritte. Yes. <laughs> Maribondaru from Frog and Toad Press put these together and designed these, and they are all, you can't go wrong with any of them, frankly. No, but there's obviously a best one. We don't need a whole episode to determine that. We don't. Then at the $20 per month level, you can join the Diamond Friendship Circle. As with all the other levels, you will receive the gifts from the $5 and $10 level, but you will also receive either a rocket hat. That's right. The Max Fun Rocket Hat, the logo that everyone knows and admires, and you will look fantastic in it. Or the Max Fun Creativity Pack. And this is one, Hal, that we contributed to that I'm really excited about. Ellen Vandermeed illustrated 54 cards to create the Max Fun Inspiration Deck. Each card in the deck has an activity suggestion from your favorite hosts at Max Fun and are designed to inspire you to enjoy the world around you. It also comes with three postcards, non-hardening, colorful modeling clay, and a custom Blackwing pencil to encourage you to make your thing. So please become a member over at MaximumFun.org slash join. Your contributions and your memberships are what keeps our show and the other shows you listen to on this network going and running and bringing you fresh content. It's so important to support the art that you enjoy. So go to MaximumFun.org slash join to either become a member, to upgrade your membership, boost your membership if you can't upgrade, or if you're able to, gift a membership to someone who can't afford one themselves. The most important part for supporting this show is to make sure you check the box for We Got This with Mark and Hal when they ask you what podcast you listen to. It's a very simple process to either set up, to boost, to upgrade, or to gift. So please do it today at MaximumFun.org slash join. And that minute has arrived. Hi. What? <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm that minute. <laughs> what are you guys Welcome. talking about? That minute. <laughs> this is fun. I've never done a podcast before. <laughs> Just talking to this mic here? Oh, too close. You're too close to it. How about here? That's too far away. <laughs> is this just right? Like that porridge? Is. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Macho Chicago. Yeah. These are the Macho yeah. Chicago movies. <laughs> We're going The Color of Money, <laughs> Backdraft, <laughs> Eight Men Out, <laughs> The Fugitive, the Untouchables, and the Trial of the Chicago Seven. And Thief should be on there. And Thief. And Thief. Thief should Absolutely. definitely be on there, yeah, I'm yeah. putting Thief on the uh, Macho Chicago list. Well, the color of money is pretty freaking Chicago, and also Chicago area, because that's another one that everybody was like, knew that they shot part of it in Joliet, or where, you know, like new mm -hmm. different locations. Yeah. You know, the... Forest Whitaker pool scene. That was like, oh. that was, that was our neighborhood pool room and bowling alley. Was it really? It was on, it was on a second story. 
of these buildings. And it had a, a bowling alley that it, the balls returned on the top, you know, like, like up above. There was no oh. under ball return cool. and it was all hard. It was a beautiful, I don't even, I don't know if it's still there or not. And I don't remember the name of it, but it was on Lincoln Avenue right above Montrose, I believe. And I think it was called everything up there was called Lincoln something or another. They can't get enough of that Lincoln. Um, but like that scene and those stairs, remember when he kind of, you know, and I remember yeah. in film school that somebody making a deal that when after he gets his, you know, gets tricked by Forrest Whitaker or get, what do you call it? Uh, snickered or hustled. Yeah. yeah. And he's walking down the stairs. Apparently there's a wet spot on the back of his jacket. You know, as he kind of stumbles down the stairs and somebody's like, that was because he was uh, he, like, basically he was raped. And then that Martin Scorsese says he put a wet spot on the back of his jacket, which I always felt like, oh, my God, that's like film Whoa. school, like film school, like take it easy. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, yeah. May, or maybe he sat in something, you know, yeah. it's, you know, why don't you just try acting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a pool hall. Um, yeah, but pool but yeah. yeah, that movie. And uh, and even though that movie like takes place el- other places too mm-hmm. it well i it's i know so much stuff was shot in chicago but i don't think that it's supposed to play as chicago so I, that probably disqualifies it. Yeah. color money as, yeah i think so i mean there's a lot of chicago stuff but mm-hmm. yeah just this list i think has more i mean look at the untouchables yeah that's yeah. very specific very, let's talk very. about the history ones we have a little bit of history on here we have mm-hmm. three different classic chicago history stories on here yes in eight men out the black Sox scandal the untouchables with elliot ness and uh al capone and the trial of the chicago seven about the uh 68 democratic national convention i think the untouchables could also go up and stylize chicago too because it is chicago but it's a very you know it's a very sort of like it's almost like a western you know it's like it's it's kind of and Mm -hmm. you know totemic almost in in some ways Yes. Yeah, I think I think The Untouchables is a it's a great movie and has a great closing line. I mean, amazing. You guys remember that? The uh, no, it's the movie ends. You know, he's been fighting against oh, the yeah, this whole yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they repeal prohibition. What are you going to do? I'm going to have a drink. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's great. It's a great <laughs> yeah. ending. There's also a great film flub in that movie. There's a scene where it keeps going back and forth to uh, between Sean Connery and Kevin Costner. And it alternates Sean Connery's top button being open and closed, open and closed, open and closed, uh, going back and forth in this conversation. And once it was pointed out to me, it's all I can see in that. Yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oopsie man, what daisy. A Is that Brian De Palma's best movie? The Untouchables? Yeah. I think Separate so. Separate episode? Separate but- episode. <laughs> what about Eight Men Out? Classic. And some Chicago actors in there, too. You got Rooker yeah. in there. Yeah. And John Cusack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know it took place in Chicago, but it was, it's so long ago that it doesn't, I don't know. It's just the scandal's more interesting than the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I think so. It's more of a and, baseball movie than a Chicago movie. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Because all of the action happened in Boston. Pretty much. And, and on the road too, didn't it? Yeah. 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 All right. Oh, all right. Yeah. F- them. Yeah. <laughs> eight men out. Yeah. Piss off. Eight men out. Eight yeah, men yeah. get out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, have you seen eight men get out? Yeah. John sails yourself right out of here. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I got tired.
<laughs> I need a break. <laughs> Why? You good? You all right? Oh, boy. Take a sip. Take a sip. That was a big swing. Get your wind back. Refill um, your bonds. <laughs> um, Fugitive was very Chicago-y, but in a... Oh, we were still cl- kind of clustered on Chicago stories. I should go back to that. Yeah. Because we, the trial is Chicago 7. Yeah. That's the one on this list I have not seen. I haven't seen that either. It's very good. I think okay. there are more Chicago. Again, it's because it's Sorkin. I think the theatrics of the trial are more important than what actually happened. You know, and they do go mm-hmm. through the riot and they, the characters are really good. Jeremy Strong is very good. Sure. In that film, as is Sasha Baron Cohen. Everybody, the performances are all good. Everything you expect from Sorkin. It does feel like it's more of a national political story than specific. It's set in Chicago because that's where the DNC was that year. Mm-hmm. Not because, like, we're going to tell the history of this Chicago event. And they yeah. came in from out of state. That happened in Chicago. Yes. Yeah. Totally unfair because I haven't seen the movie. But I don't imagine Aaron Sorkin capturing a lot of Chicagoness. <laughs> yeah. Right. You Not know the way I mean? David Mamet can. Not in, yeah, exactly. That's the, you know, that's the comparison. Uh, and I just don't, I, like I see, it's totally unfair. And all you Sorkin heads out there, don't come for me. Um, <laughs> but no, I just, I don't, I, I, you know, I always, like, there's been movies that I've been watching and I'm being, I've been like, did Aaron Sorkin write this and look it up? And sure enough, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's Aaron Sorkin. And Aaron Sorkin can be f-ing fantastic. And then other times for me, he's just too Aaron Sorkin, you know, yeah. and, and he, but he sure knows what he's doing, you know, but I just don't think, I don't see him giving it. I mean, if it, if this move, if this story, it may deserve more of a national inner, you know, political, historical kind of perspective rather than a regional one. Yeah. You know, the, the stakes the, are not Chicago high, yeah, they're national high. Exactly. And the yeah. Chicago is just kind of incidental, I think, to the, you mm-hmm. know, to the, the case and the issues. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a setting, not a character, yeah. which it is in The Fugitive, too. Although you get the St. Patrick's Day, you have like the Chicago River and him. Yeah. There are a lot more landmarks mm-hmm. that go, this is Chicago. He is on the loose. Right. In Chicago, come back like, to try and to solve his way. One career. of those being Jane Lynch. Uh, yes. And I believe her big screen debut. That was also. Really? Yeah. That was exciting for us because she was one of ours. And here she is like. In a, you know, with Harrison Ford in a movie, it was crazy. <laughs> How close to that were, or was she, did she film that while you were doing the Brady Bunch? Or was I that- don't, I don't remember the chronology of it. Mm. Um, I, I, I honestly don't remember. I think it was during that though. I think wow. it was like re- really early on in the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of them. And again, lots of Chicago actors in that one. Mm-hmm. That's lots of Chicago actors yes. in there. So. Out of this list, it looks like the Untouchables. We're going to hold on to the Untouchables, and we're going to hold on to the Fugitive. We didn't mention Backdraft, which is eh. Fire, Chicago Fire, the movie. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> fire yawn. Uh, though the ride, the attraction at Universal Studios Orlando was great. Okay, that's good. Oh well, yeah. now that's yeah, yeah. pure Chicago. That's pure Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about growing up in Chicago. Chicago has some great, great growing up movies. The whittled down list of finalist contenders that we have to present, which I'm happy to add more to, is The Breakfast Club, Mean Girls, Home Alone, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Rookie of the Year. Now, remember, some of these are great movies, 
But what we at the beginning of this episode talked about, we are looking for the most Chicago as a factor in these. I did add Uncle Buck to the list. Oh, you added Uncle Buck to the list. Yeah, that's a good ad. Uncle Buck's a great ad. Yeah. What's a director, though? You know, all the, John Hughes. John, John, John Hughes. Hughes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, those are... Well, go ahead, Mark. You were going to say something. I interrupted. Well, I was going to say, like, uh, Mean Girls could be any high school USA. Yeah. Arguably, The Breakfast Club could be any high school USA. Mean Girls specifically is on here because of Tina Fey. And Tina Fey is the most Chicago person to make a coming-of-age movie, I think. So that's why this is on. And it's also a great movie. I would argue that on this list... Rookie of the Year and Ferris Bueller's Day Off are the most Chicago. I think because so. it's a kid playing for the Cubs or yeah. a high school kid having a day doing crazy Chicago things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, the you know these John Hughes movies are a very particular Chicago. Mm-hmm. They're like bourbon. Yeah, and there is you know the the settings for those movies are like the setting the the house in Home Alone. Like you know you can see like the fucking lake is. Uh, it's two minutes away is two seconds away you know like mm-hmm. these are incredibly gorgeous fancy protected neighborhoods these yeah. this is like you know those movies are about brentwood in the la terms <laughs> yes. or upper east side in new york terms like these yeah. they're so i don't know if the, i mean there's well lots of wealthy people in chicago but i don't know how representative that is of, of a sort of a holistic Chicago experience. It's more yeah. the North shore experience, mm-hmm. you know, and Ferris does go all over the place, but I tell you that movie, I, when I watch that movie now, I just see like a f-ing people using sociopath. Like this is, <laughs> this is not fun. Yeah. You know, like it's just, you know, let's steal your dad's car. Yeah. And the, also the thing that I felt like too, is like, if there was an Abe Roman, the sausage king of Chicago, everybody would know who he was. <laughs> so you can't make up a sausage king of Chicago. Like, you know, you yeah. go say you're the, you know, like aluminum siding king. It's yeah. you, that will buy. But no, we know who the sausage king is. That's like going in and saying that you are Menard. I knew Menard. You, sir, are no Menard. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Big money at Menards for those big money at Menards. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Breakfast Club, those kids could be anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mean Girls, that could have, I mean, it was incidental with Chicago News. Yeah. yeah. Home Alone. Yeah. That's, you know, it's snowy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is snowy. And Rookie of the Year, I saw when it came out and I don't, so I don't have a, like a lot of memory of it. It's more um, of a baseball. I mean, it's Chicago in that he plays for the Cubs. Yeah. And turns the Cubs into a winning team. Yeah. But which they weren't winning because Gary Busey was their pitcher. Because of Gary Busey. <laughs> no, he was a good guy. He's the one. <laughs> He threw no, the I'm just ball saying, if Gary the... Busey is your pitcher, your, yeah, yeah. your team yeah. is not going to do well. He throws so. the ball into the stands every time. <laughs> and then chases it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I th- in this one, I think, you know, it seems like I would give it to Rookie of the Year just because this it's so soaked in baseball and Wrigley Field, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You know, I, I also just, don't I, have to take any of them. Yes, we do. 
All right. The, po- the podcast do. police will be after us. <laughs> do you really want to deal with them again, Mark? Uh, <laughs> the last time when they had me face down in the yard, yeah, I, was yeah. like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I couldn't lift my hands above my shoulders for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted me to say me undies. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> well, where do we go now? Here's what we're looking at. I think now we we start to wrap it up and come down to our final. Hal, can you tell us who we have that we've talked about that the cream has risen to the top? Sure. This uh, Chicago topic. What's the cream? We have seven finalists, those being Rookie of the Year, The Untouchables, The Fugitive, Hoop Dreams, Cooley High, The Blues Brothers, and About Last Night. All right. How do you want to do this? Do you want to eliminate them one by one? Or is there one here that we all feel is the answer? Should we vote? I mean, I have one that I'm looking at that I think I I know I don't have one that I think is a, a the clear I do. The clearest one. I think I have one that I think is the answer. Do you have one, Andy? Where you I do. This? I do. I mean, I have one that it could be if you want to all three say it at the same time and see where we're at. All right. Ready? Sure. Go ahead, count it one, off, two, three. The Blue, Blue Dreams. Brothers. What did you say? Hoop Dreams. You said Hoop Dreams. You said Blue Brothers, but I'm I'll go Blues Brothers. No, wait. I want to switch to Hoop Dreams. I didn't think anybody would say Hoop Dreams. No, I said Hoop (laughs) Dreams because when you were talking about it, it did get me thinking. Like just the stakes of that movie, and and it it really is of a place. And you know, um, but in terms of like big splashy, you know, it's it's weird. It's like you know, are you going to describe the city or like? you know, looking at a flower in the corner of the city. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. what your perspective is. And I think if you're going to be big, splashy tourist board, then Blues Brothers, definitely. But if you're going to get more psychological and real, I think Hoop Dreams. So, Well, if we're looking at the real city, if what we want to see is Chicago, it's interesting because, the, yeah, this was, out of all of these, this is the only documentary. Yeah. To the most real version of Chicago. Let me ask you this, Andy. All right. Just to see if your answer changes. If I told you instead of this being the best Chicago movie, I said the most Chicago movie, and it was between the Blues Brothers and Hoop Dreams, would you give the same answer, or would you, would you switch over? You know, I, I uh, now I would say I would probably say the, the Blues Brothers because it is a wider lens. Just that mm-hmm. simply that it kind of, and I know that it's a stylized fictional lens, sure. but it does show different walks of life of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, that are sort of cartoonish or whatever or they're, you know, they're in a comedy. But, yeah, I think that, that is it because the hoop, dream, hoop dreams, it, uh, you know, it's it's very, very specific. So, I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to start a fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also didn't want to be the jerk that didn't pick hoop dreams before. <laughs> yeah. So which is it, Andy? Do you want to start a fight? Or do you want to not see these kids get their due? Gotta go, guys. <laughs> oh, he's gone. He, he's gone. Oh, and just like that. <laughs> Never happened before. It's weird. Um, I don't, well, I think the Blues Brothers, I, I can, you know, I've been on a jury. You can change your vote and then eventually mm-hmm. convict the f- Um, <laughs> we, we don't have to convict anyone yeah. to prison here. Yeah, yeah. Blues Brothers. But can we? Put them to death. <laughs> um, the whole movie this wipe it off turn. the face of the earth um, no I, I I think Blues Brothers I'll say Blues Brothers so then we we you know we agreed yeah we didn't bully you into Blues Brothers no no you didn't you didn't you didn't 
Um, I, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over this, by the way. You know, that's fair. Well, then we haven't done our job. <laughs> I want you sweaty each night for two weeks. Upsetting me. Just sitting up going, oh, dreams. Uh, <laughs> I really blew it. William Agee. Um, <laughs> all right, Hal, bring us home then. I think people in the world, this is very similar to New York where we had all these different movies, but the most New York movie wound up being the best one, which was After Hours. Because mm. it really captured the city at a period of time and gave you a look sort of at a lot of it. Too, because it yeah. covered a large area of the city, similar to the Blues Brothers. Now, Hoop Dreams is a great movie. You should watch it if you've never seen it before. There's always time, especially now, because we'll, who knows how long we'll be home. Right, check it out. But the best Chicago movie is a rollicking romp of music and action and comedy that we call the Blues Brothers. Asked and answered, and I slowly turned into a DJ. <laughs> Andy Richter. Thank you for coming back on the show. Thanks man. for having me, guys. It was, was fun. Super, super fun. Of course. Is it was there really fun. You'd like to promote? Uh, I have a podcast uh, called The Three Questions. And, um, it, you know, you can, it's a good way to kill an hour, hour 10. You know, if you got to drive, uh, you know, if your mom's talking to you and you can hide it, get an earbud in there so you don't have to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got something else to listen to. Um, but no, it's a, it's a fun podcast. It's an interview. It's kind of getting people to talk about their origins and why they are the way they are. We do Very a lot cool. of, uh, you know, a lot of good work. It's all for the kids. It's all for well, the kids. The kids thank you. I'm sure. I'm yes. sure they do. Yes. But thank you for coming on the show. You're always I was a happy to do it. Thanks guys. Thanks, uh, good to see you. You too. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter or you can email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group and talk about your favorite Chicago movies. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, host of his own wonderful podcast called A Bit of a Chat with Ken Plume. Also, thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And, of course, thank you to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal. We were really excited about this episode being a special one for the Max Fun Drive, and we hope you enjoyed it. And we wanted to do that to say thank you. You have given us the freedom to do this show the way we want to do this show by being on the Maximum Fun Network and part of the Maximum Fun family. So thank you for doing that, and thank you for supporting artists that you enjoy in as direct a way as possible. I think that as Shelly mentioned earlier, we've created a pretty great community for this show and that community is all thanks to the membership. Yeah. Thanks to your contributions over the years, we've been able to upgrade equipment. We've been able to travel to do shows and we're able to pay our producer for all of the work he does to make the show everything that it can be for you week after week. So please We've got great rewards available for you, including bonus content, including a killer patch, including a creativity pack or a hat, if that is your thing. We've got show-specific goals you can unlock, such as a special crossover episode with Janet Varney and the JV Club. Or how about a mystery guest? Well, we don't even know who it is, and we're going to try to guess. And you will, too. Let's see who's right. Speaking of who's right, between us and you, how about a trivia challenge? Mark and I versus the people of the world. You've been asking for it. This is your opportunity to get it. And then finally, the hot slate with hot sauces and hot topics and lots of suffering that we will do for you because we love you. So yeah. join us. That's right. So please visit MaximumFun.org slash join and become a new 
upgrading or boosting member today. Don't forget to check the box that says we got this with Mark and Hal. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for giving us an opportunity to sit down in this automobile with Andy Richter. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this.